0: Hello, I'm Christy Duncan, founder of Women in Payments, a global network that connects, inspires, and champions women across the global payments industry. Welcome to our Pause for Payments podcast. Every week, we sit down with an inspiring woman leading the way in her field. We'll discuss industry and career-related topics and share personal success stories to inspire and empower the next generation of women leaders. Before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsors for their continued support. With your help, we can go further, faster.
1: Hello, I'm Christy Duncan and I'm delighted to be chatting today with Tammy Petro, who is Head of Innovation and FinTech Engagement at JP Morgan based in New York. Welcome, Tammy.
2: Thank you for having me, Christy. It's an honor to be joining you and all of our listeners today. Today, Tammy and I are going to be talking
1: about the startup landscape and best practices on growing the startup in the fintech space. Tammy, can we start the discussion by telling you guys a little bit about your role at JP Morgan?
2: Certainly. So, in my role at JP Morgan, I get to meet with all of the fintech companies in the area that are focused on making the payments experience better, enabling new companies to get access to payments and increasingly operationalizing elements of the payments landscape that weren't digital in the past. So some of them are actually helping companies make the move from the dreaded check all the way into the contemporary landscape. As strange as that may seem, um, it's a very different landscape on the business to business transaction front than it is for all of us in our consumer lives.
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense. And every market's in a different place in that evolution. What a They great, absolutely are. What a great job. I'm so jealous to It sounds really interesting. That's a lot of fun. So in recent years, the fast-evolving uh, startup landscape has not only accelerated, as we all know, but also become increasingly complex. Mary, I am particularly interested in your perspective on best practices for startups as they expand. Um, And, you know, you you sit in this catbird seat and can give them some great advice on pitching to partners and investors and perhaps partnering with big banks. Can you tell us about this startup environment today? What's been the biggest change and, and, you know, how startups and, VCs looking to to partner can perhaps include uh, investors and partners like JP Morgan.
2: Absolutely. I'd love to share some of what we're noticing firsthand within my seat at JP Morgan. I would say the first thing that we're noticing is that capital spending on Fintech and investment in the landscape has never been higher. There's no shortage of capital coming into this space to fund the companies that are taking us from, in many cases, a paper environment to the future where it is digital, it is automated, and it is programmable. Now, just because there's all of the capital flowing into the space doesn't mean that that capital is getting delivered equitably. And so one of the things I've spent a lot of time Looking into within my role is how do we actually make sure that the startup diversity that we're seeing in the landscape is also getting funded? And so I'm proud to say that at JP Morgan, we have both a supplier commitment as well as an ongoing investment for small business loans. So the pandemic has given a lot of people an opportunity to rethink the jobs that they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And I have to tell you, women are starting businesses more frequently than men at this point in time. It's one of the few glowing statistics that I have, whether it's fintech or anything else, entrepreneurship among women near and dear to my heart is increasing now more than ever. So There are more female entrepreneurs, there's more assistance for them, both in terms of capital availability, as well as talent, interested in increased flexibility. Now, what's this look like overall? Capital flowing into the space, talent flowing into the space. It's going to net out positively for all of us because when you have a more diverse and inclusive working environment, you're gonna have better solutions for your customers as well. And that's certainly what we're seeing among the FinTech entrepreneurs that we're partnering with as well as some of those that perhaps they're focused on an area that we're not focused on right now or they have a niche solution. Those are oftentimes the companies that we make recommendations either to our VC network or to other companies within this space. So your bank as a trusted advisor can really come in handy to help you make those connections across the network where you may not have access and support today.
1: I love that. The bank is the trusted and knowledgeable partner to help these entrepreneurs build their businesses. That's fantastic. So you've got this bird's eye view of the industry Tammy, which is fantastic. What do you see as common challenges that startups face
2: and how do they navigate them? Well, there's no shortage of startup advice on the internet. Um, I feel like so many people are selling how to scale your business, how to grow your business. But I always like to keep it really simple, which is who's the customer you're serving and what's their job to be done. It's a framework that's been out there for some time, but it really helps understand how these things are changing. And in a state of continuous disruption, like we're seeing in financial services, staying focused on the customer or in the human that's actually going to be using buying your service is a great way to stay anchored in what their needs are now and as they move through their day. So I would say that the biggest misstep I see in a lot of businesses is actually losing sight of their customer and what their needs are and how they think of you as the business. Now, um, in some of the countries I've lived in, I'll say that the postal service and financial services are very connected. In others, you never think, about going to the post office to do your banking. But it's certainly something that's evolved over time and has a very different options in the different countries that you're in. So really paying attention to the context of your customer and what they need to do will keep you anchored in what's important for your business going forward.
1: Such great advice, Tammy. I love that. Keep, keep your eyes on the customer and what their needs are and what they're trying to deliver that value. It's so interesting. Tammy, you lead this global team that's responsible for partnerships and fintech engagement for payments business within JP Morgan. And um, we know that partnership is often the way that startups grow. But I also know that JP Morgan has done a lot of fintech partnerships over the years, and many of which have been very, very successful. What advice do you have for startups who want to partner with larger organizations and banks like JP
2: So um, you may have heard me say, I think that the biggest question is always when you think of the word partner, what do you really mean? And The sooner you can be clear about that as an entrepreneur, the better anyone who works within the bank is going to be able to help you. And so oftentimes the first person that you're gonna speak with is actually your relationship manager who handles your day-to-day everyday banking as your business. Then if you're actually who you serve and what customer that you want to work with, will help you navigate the bank to find the right person. When you think about JPMorgan Chase, there's 252,000 of us in the organization and just navigating the bank, even within it, is sometimes one of the biggest challenges that people find. And people throughout their careers are moving seats. So we have to make sure that you as the FinTech entrepreneur find the right person within the organization that is making the decision, also knows that what you do is a strategic priority for them. If they're focused on other things, it's going to be hard to get your message out there and to be understood. What I would encourage you to also do in the meeting is make sure that you're clear about who you want to serve. So if you want to serve the bank and your company actually does something fundamentally better or different than the bank does today, then it's actually the partnerships teams within the technical organization where we would triage you and get you the connection in the meeting. Now, if you want the bank to sell your product, one of my first questions is going to be are you prepared to scale and how prepared are you to scale now if we as the bank have a one size fits all approach to partnerships we're going to get a we're going to hit a roadblock so when you're asking questions of the bank that you want to form a partnership with ask those tough questions one of them would be is this person that I'm meeting with the decision-maker? Number two is, do they have a one-size-fits-all approach? Because I have to tell you, if they do, no matter what your scale and size and agility will be, a scalable relationship that is commercial in nature will be an 18-month process. That's the average time that it takes for a bank to onboard a fintech company that they're going to work with. Now, the last piece that I want to talk about is sometimes you're actually looking for a sponsor bank rather than a partner bank. Now, JP Morgan as a bank isn't typically a sponsor bank, there are a number of them that will help you work with the card networks and get you set up for that relationship. Many times, this is actually a step in the right direction. You can have a relationship with a sponsor bank as well as other financial institutions. So depending on what you want to do determines whether you're actually looking for a partner, a sponsor, or you're looking to be what would historically be called a vendor. Now, obviously, partnership has a lot more positive connotation to it. And we would like to say that all of our companies that we work with are partners in some way, but understanding the intent will help you find the right people within the organization who can actually execute against those topics and get the commercial relationship off to the right start.
1: These are really great insights, Tammy, from the inside out rather than You know, as you say, the fintechs trying to navigate a 250,000-person organization from the outside. It can be quite daunting. So great advice. And defining your your objective, whether you're looking to partner or sponsor or or a vendor for your solution, uh, is really, really key to understand right up front. So I want to switch gears here a little bit and talk about fits pitching for FinTechs is a way of like it's a necessary skill for startups. So are there some uh, piece of advice that you could share for startups as they pitch to VCs and potential partners?
2: Absolutely. So um, I would encourage you first of all, before pitching, be really clear about what the latest buzzword is that goes with your startup. Now, Whether you're a fan of buzzwords or not, there are always topics that are top of mind for venture capital firms, as well as for banks. Today, pay by bank is one of them. Buy now, pay later, BNPL, was one six months ago. Um, I'm sure if you think about it, banking as a service is another one. I would say that one of the things that you have to keep in mind when you're looking to pitch a bank or a VC is to understand how your company fits into the categories or the things that might be top of mind for a VC or a bank. And those buzzwords you can pick up on almost any Twitter thread. If you're looking up FinTechs or you're immersed in the space at all, buy now, pay later was one, banking as a service was another. These are the categories that people are going to immediately try to place your solution in. And that's going to be an anchoring point so that you can have the right conversation with the right people. Now, before the call, who will you have on the call? Who's the decision maker? Who do they need buy-in to form a partnership? And how will we together make money or get the promotion if this product is successful? These are some of the basics I I suspect that you already have your pitch down in terms of what's your product, what does it do for whom? Those are all the things that you know by having built your business. Now, during the call, it's a short intro that contains your pitch. Inevitably, the VC or the partnership's executive is short on time. You've got to make it snappy. You've got to keep that quick and make it very clear. Then be prepared to follow up. And this is something that I know may seem absolutely ridiculous, but the inboxes are flooded. It is never personal. Absolutely never. And so if you are not getting a response, just ping it back to the top of their inbox give them a call. Whatever the topic is, like don't hesitate to reach out. This is not this is not rocket science, but it is something for a lot of fintech founders that we hear as personal. And for them it is and I would say that most often with VCs and partnerships individuals, there's so much going on that at any given point in time we want to make sure that you're getting the right service, but you may have to top it back to the top of the inbox.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense, is understanding your audience, understanding they're busy, so they don't have a lot of time, so they need a snappy uh, pitch, and you will probably have to follow up and not to take that person. That's great, great advice Tony. Are there other best practices that you might like to share for those who want to succeed in
2: the FinTech space? I would say be persistent um, and be willing to be uncomfortable, particularly as a woman in this space. It's certainly not the way that it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but anytime you're in software, technology, finance, You may be the only woman in the room. You may be the only person of color in the room. That's not because you don't belong there. In fact, you do. And so I would get comfortable with being uncomfortable and always be learning. Those are the things that I try to instill um, in any of the companies that I'm working with, whether they're learning about their customer or the newest trends and buzzwords, Staying relevant is so tricky now um, that we have to keep learning about ourselves and the people and the companies that we're working with.
1: Wow! Well, such sage advice coming from a woman who's seen so much in fintech. That's really great, um for women in this space who you know maybe aren't as experienced and haven't. Um, got the, the track record or the, the experience of seeing what it's like out in the field. This is really helpful, Tammy. I'd like to close this discussion. Of course, I could talk about this for hours. You've got such great insights and fantastic experience in this space.
2: Uh, but sadly,
1: we're coming to a close. Tammy, I'd like to pose the question that I ask all of our cause for sisters, listeners, and that is if there is career advice that you might like to share with rising stars in our audience or perhaps the female entrepreneurs in our audience.
2: The thing that I think happens, particularly for entrepreneurs and having been one a few times now in my career, I will say resonates for me is that um, you have enough understanding of something that you know that it can be better. And just enough hubris to believe that you and the team you put together can do it. That is an outstanding position to be in and one of the loneliest spots that you can be in. And so I would encourage anyone among this group to ask for help. It's not something that I see enough of, particularly among the women in my network. And I will tell you, as a senior leader within a financial services organization, I get 10 notes from men within my network who would like to catch up for a coffee, get information, and I'll get one from junior women in the organization. And I will say that when people are getting displaced by Someone else who's gotten the promotion and they don't know why, oftentimes it's because they didn't ask for enough help. They didn't ask for the sponsorship. They didn't ask for the mentorship. Those things, please fuel your ambitions. Absolutely go for it. There's so much work to be done. I don't have time for any of us playing small. And I would love to see you excelling.
1: Wow, that's so great, especially for the introverts, perhaps in the audience, the ones who might suffer a little bit from imposter syndrome, which I know I certainly did earlier in my career. and still do it a little bit now. Um, But you're right. We, as women especially, need to learn to be comfortable You know continuously learning but but looking for that other perspective and how can i be better continuously learning and asking questions and and asking for guidance and other people's perspectives that's really really insightful thank you for
2: sharing that well thank you christy for having me it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and i love these pause for payment sessions they're such a delight to watch as well as to be a part of. So I greatly appreciate it.
1: No, it's a pleasure is all ours, too. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights in this fascinating world of startups and how to successfully grow a startup, how to pitch to a big bank of you know, hundreds of thousands of, of employees. It's been a truly insightful discussion. So I'm going to thank our audience today also for listening as we explore the exciting payments market with Tammy and other amazing and inspiring women from
0: around the world. Pause for Payments is produced by Women in Payments and you can learn more about us at womeninpayments.org. You can also sign up to be a member and gain access to our global membership portal where you'll find the latest industry trends, exciting career opportunities, and so much more, all created by women for women. All of our episodes can be found on many good podcast streaming platforms. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to rate and subscribe. It really helps us to get found by
1: others. Thanks everyone for listening.